all the time. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, if I could get them to turn those track lights down, please. Some people like them bright. Some people like them dim. It helps me to see my notes easier. Hallelujah. All right. Amen. Um, just a... Uh, Brother, I asked uh, Brother Grant Woods if this was his last service. This is Brother Grant's last Sunday service. Lord willing, he'll be with us Wednesday night. And uh, then he uh, goes back to uh, Christian Life Center, Bible College, to finish up and get his degree in theology. Right? There you go. Amen. There's another person with a degree. Hallelujah. All right. I'm going to call your attention this morning to the book of Deuteronomy. And we're going to read uh, verses number one. And Brother Cliff, I think we'll read verses number, verse number two also. And then we're going to go to verse number 11 of the same chapter. Here we go. <clears throat> Then we turn, this is Moses reiterating, if you will, from the book of Deuteronomy. He is, uh, he is reminding Israel what they have gone through to get to where they were at that point in time. It says, Then we turned and went up the way to Bashan, and Og, the king of Bashan, came out against us, he and all his people to battle at Edri. Verse number two. And the Lord said unto me, Fear him not, for I will deliver him and all of his people, all of his land into your hand, and you shall do unto him as you did unto Sion, king of the Amorites which dwelt at Heshbon. Well, there's a lot of strange sounding words there, huh? Alright, and then verse number 11. Same chapter. For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of giants. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. Is it not in Rabath of the children of Ammon? Nine cubits was the length thereof, and four cubits the breadth of it after the cubit of a man. So, what he's saying, they're coming into confrontation with Og, the last remnant of the giants on the west side of Jordan on the east side of Jordan, excuse me, and this guy slept in a bed that was 13 and a half feet long and six feet wide. Amen. And so I would like to somehow bring that into my thought here this morning, and that is 2021... The year of promise. All right. Amen. 2021, the year of promise. 
And uh, amen, I'm going to ask you if you would, if you would lift your heart to the Lord here this morning. And Brother McHugh, would you lead us in prayer, please? Amen. Father, we're so grateful for your mercies today. Thank yes, you for the time together. We might study your word and receive instructions and guidance from you. Lord God, day by day, we need your direction. Yes, that we will always Amen. be walking yes, in your sight, in your will, in your purpose. Oh, yes. Anoint your word today. Yes. Anoint your messenger that we might receive the instructions that we need, oh God, that we can be faithful yes. to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. If you are here alive this morning, we trust that you're all among the living. Okay? You have survived 51 weeks of Sundays this year. And we have made it to number 52. We are in the 52nd Sunday, I do believe, right? If, that, if I'm correct. And 361 days. You have made it 361 Woo! days into 2020. Yes. Yes. And I know, as you have, we have read all of the numerous comical posts that people have made fun of 2020. But one of, it, one of them that caught my attention was this. Says for the first time in history, people will be celebrating New Year's Eve for the end of a year rather than the beginning of a new one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. And so, think about it for just a moment 2020. And that's what the book of Deuteronomy is it's a reflection, it's a book of Deuteronomy, it simply means repetition. And Moses is actually, he's reminding the people of what God has done for them in their wanderings during that period of time in the wilderness. So I would like to just uh, say this, okay? I would like you to give your neighbor a nice round of applause for making it this far, huh? Good. All right, now, now I want us to stand and give God a standing ovation for what He has done for us this last year. Huh? Amen. Praise God. And I, you may be seated. I asked Brother Cliff to... Uh, I sent him a couple of photos, and hopefully, one, hopefully they'll they'll uh, show up here. But, Amen. Here's the sum of my year, and I'll, brother Brian, would you uh, can you put up that Christmas photo? I couldn't help it. There, there, there's there's my the sum of my year right there, man. I had I had more gifts buried. I was buried under Christmas gifts on Christmas Day, right? There it is. God truly has been very good to me this past year. Amen. I couldn't believe it. 
Where am I? There, I my head's up there. And if I could, here is, here is my promise photo going into 2021. There you go. That is my... That's the photo I took on May 30th of last year. But that there, the lighthouse with a rainbow, smack, and it's, it, the end of that rainbow is going right in the middle of Blue Bridge. But that's mine. That is my photo. That's my promise of 2021. Amen. I got God. God is with me. And I'm going to shine. I'm going to shine as bright as I can for Him in 2021. But the last Sunday of 2020, we're going to take a story from the book of Deuteronomy, and, and I'm hoping to arrive at a destination of promise. As I said a little earlier, Deuteronomy means repetition or a recap. It's a reminder of Israel's covenant relationship with God and a reminder that they were to keep the agreed upon laws that God required of His chosen people. And God's promise on His end, the people kept up their end of the covenant, then God told them, He says, you do your part, watch me do my part. He promised that He would go before them and He would fight their battles for them. Are you, are you thankful? Yes. Amen. Yes. And so, let me take a couple of paragraphs from a commentary that says the following, describes what we're talking about here from the book of Deuteronomy. It says, from the book of Deuteronomy... Moses shows how we can gain direction from the past, receive guidance for the present, and have hope for the future. The bottom line is to help God's people as they live in the present by reviewing what God has done in the past and then to consider what He has promised to do in the future. Let me remind you here today that the church has a very bright future ahead of them. The church has a very bright future, amen, ahead of us. The key verse or the main thought, I believe, can be summed up in Deuteronomy 6.23. I'm going to add just a little bit to it here. He brought, here's what it says. He brought us out from there, 2020, that He might bring us in, 2021, to give us the land He promised to our fathers, 2021, the land of promise, or the promises of God. Whatever God has for us in 2021, I want you to understand that God has brought you from there to get you to here, 
and where He's going to take us to in the future, He only knows. But I plan on being a part of whatever He takes me to. I want to be there. So Moses is reminding the people of how God had been with them as they had moved forward toward the promised land. It had taken them 40 years to get there. 40 years to get there. But the important thing is, they had made it here. Yes. Amen. That's the important thing, is that you have made it this far. Because if you're here, if you're here, then God has a plan to take you there. And along the way, they had only ran into two major battles on this side of Jordan, on the east side. Only two. The first was King Sion of the Amorites who refused them safe passage. Moses only asked, he said, hey, we're not going to interfere with anything. We're just trying to get to where God has, is leading us to. It's important that we get there. All we're asking is safe passage. Leave us alone. Let us worship God. Let us come together as a people. That's all they wanted. But King Sion of the Amorites refused them safe passage and went to war with them. God divinely intervened on their behalf and Israel conquered the Amorites. And now we come to Deuteronomy 3. There was one group of people who stood between Israel and the Jordan, which was the bridge to the promised land. Only one. One more. One more obstacle, and they were going to get there. And chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Then we turned and went up the road to Bashan, and Og king of Bashan came out against us, he and all his people, to battle at Endrai. Verse 11 tells us, Og, get this, Og was the last remaining remnant of the giants on that side of Jordan. He was, his bed was 13 and a half feet long and six feet wide. Moses had never faced anyone or anything so huge in his life. He had never saw such an extraordinary, huge man that was fixing to take the battle against him that day. The name Og has an interesting meaning. Initially, it simply means round cakes. But if you study it a little bit more closely, it also it is associated with demonic activity. 
evil forces. His kingdom, Bashan, means a region with smooth, fertile soil. But if you go a little deeper in your search, it will ultimately lead you to the book of Psalms 22, which speaks of the suffering Messiah on the cross. And there prophetically in verse number 12, David's writing, he brings out during this event at the cross, it uses these words. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. Reference to roaring lions. Verse 16 says that dogs have surrounded me. They have pierced my hand and feet. They divide my garments among them. The bulls of Bashan refer to the nature of these warriors of King Og that came against God. It makes reference to the all-encompassing universal battle that has been waging since the garden, the battle of evil against good, the battle of the devil against God. The bulls of Bashan refers to the nature of these warriors that came out in mass with a ten foot tall king leading the charge. Israel had never saw anything like it. And it refers to these, the, the nature of these men that came against them, noted for their strength, their size, their violent nature, more like beasts than men. Yeah. And so they come out to battle at a place called Endrai, which means stronghold. It is the last stronghold of the enemy facing the people of God before they enter in and they cross Jordan's river and they enter into the promised land. They had never been faced with such an enemy force. They had never seen anything like it. And the Lord said to Moses, Do not fear him. For I, listen to this, speaking in the future tense already. He says, The Lord said, Moses, don't fear him. For I have delivered him and all his people and all his land into your hand. Yeah, already. It's a done deal, Moses. You understand? Is that evil has nowhere to go in the face of good? There is no place that evil can run to. There is nothing that they can do when God comes against the enemy of the devil. 
You shall do to him the same as you did to King Sion. And Moses says, and we, listen, it says, Moses said, and we attacked him. In other words, they didn't wait for the enemy to come against him. Good, good. He took the enemy, he took the battle to the enemy. He ran to meet him. The forces of good ran out to meet the forces of evil. Because you know why? Because the Lord said, don't worry, I'm on your side. I've already delivered him into your hand and his whole dominion. And we attacked him. Until there was no survivors remaining. Listen to this. And we took 60 cities all fortified with high walls, gates, and bars. You understand why that Matthew writes, Jesus speaking, he says, I'm going to build my church. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall never prevail against my church. Why? Because it's Him that is leading the charge. He is leading the charge for the church to follow. Verse number 11 tells us the only thing left was Og's empty iron bed. Wow. And the Amorites took it and put it in a museum. He was the last he was the last remnant of the giants on the east side of Jordan. The last stronghold of this enemy that stood between God's people and the promised land. Interesting enough, I found no record of any recorded loss of life in the camp of Israel during this battle. I didn't, I didn't find any. I don't know. God's people, Israel, they go 2-0. Two wins, no losses. In fact, listen to this. The entire dominion of Bashan was so rich, the soil was so fertile, that the two tribes of Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh reached an agreement with Moses to make this area their home with the stipulation they would go to battle in the promised land when needed. 
Oh, it gets better. Verse number 13 says, All the kingdom of Og I gave to Manasseh. That entire, that entire evil empire once subdued fit nicely into the realm of one half tribe of God's people. What does it say? If one can put a hundred to flight? Help me out there, Bible scholars. But now, it gets even more interesting here. Let's look at the meaning of Manasseh. That's who Moses gave that entire, that entire evil empire once subdued by the people of God. He gives it to Manasseh. You know what Manasseh means? You'll find the meaning, the meaning of, of uh, Manasseh, the name in Genesis 41-51. He was Joseph's firstborn while he was in Egypt. Here's what his name means. For God has made me forget all my toil, all my worry, all my pain, all my sorrow, all my travail, all my trouble, and the harsh treatment he had received from his father's house, his brothers. Are you ready? Let's take a look at 2020. And only you can retrace your footsteps in the story that you bring to today. You're the only one you can. All of the trouble, all of the pain, all of the sickness. Come on. How many of you were sick last year? This, right? Okay. Understand? Is it all of the pain, all of the sorrow, all of the harsh treatment you received? We can spend a little bit of time there. I don't believe that the people of God were treated very good this last year when it comes to the government per se. But here's what we here's what we do, see. All of the trouble of last year's, we just hand it off. All right. We put it into the hands of Manasseh. We just put it into his hands. You know why? You know why we can do that? Is because that we have a reset button. Evil has no reset button. They have no future. They have no hope. They have no better days. The 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 force of evil only they only every every night that old Og went to bed on that bed of iron. 
all he took with him was destruction. All he took with him was, was pain and suffering. And he never woke up with the idea that, wow. There's a better tomorrow for me. There is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a better tomorrow. You see, because at the end of the day, I just hand all, whatever I went through for that day, I just hand it off to Manasseh. And I say, here you go. It's a done deal. Because uh, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to have a brand new start. And I'm going to battle. I'm, I'm going to be dressed for battle. I'm going to meet the full head on. And here's what I can assure you. You will always win. There is no defeat. You cannot lose. It is an impossibility. When you choose to fight the forces of evil, when you choose sides of good, there are no losses. You can't lose. You can't lose. There's not even a possibility. There is none. And they gave it to Manasseh. It's time to hand off 2020. Whatever, whatever you went through this last year, whatever you feel that maybe it was you were treated wrongly, it's time to hand it off. Because the focus, let me read again, Deuteronomy 6.23, He brought us out from there, 2020, that He might bring us in, 2021, to give us the land He promised to our fathers, 2021, the land of promise. 2020 may have brought the church face to face, seemingly against the stronghold of evil. You may have battled 52 Sundays and 361 days, but let me remind you, we the church, the saints of God, I have 361 days of victory under my belt. I have not one day of defeat. Come on, right. Wow. Wow. Nope. There, it's not. It's not possible. Brother Woods was teaching the other day. It's not possible to lose. It's not possible to. What was it you were using the other day? It's not to be deceived. Can't lose. I have. I am three hundred and sixty-one and zero. That's right. That's right. You know why? It's because God says, I will be for you 
And if I am for you, how in the world, who do you think is going to be able to come against you, Sister Ray? If I am for you, it don't matter who is against you. What matters is who is for you. It's not possible. It is impossible to lose. Can't lose. How you might ask is because every day we wake up, we dress and we show up for battle, good against the forces of evil. Really? Yeah. You know, good and good and evil are very close, you know, to God and the devil. Now let's look. Let's look with Moses. All right, he gets through telling them that, reminding them. He's saying, "Hey, you know," he said, "If you're here today, you had a great year. That's right. If you're here today, that means that God is not done. That means that God has in store things in your life." That you have to live long enough to see what it, to see what it is. Yes, yes. But God said, Moses, He says, you, I want you to climb Mount Pisgah. Moses climbs up there. And God says, you're not going in. He says, but I'm going to give you a vision that is going to blow your mind. Bible says that Moses climbs to Mount Pisgah. God allows him to look into the future promised land. Nobody has ever saw it like Moses saw it. And I can tell you that we like Moses have no guarantee to the number of days God may bless us with in 2021. We don't know. No man knows the number of his days. Where to count them. Kind of, you know, do a little check mark. Yep, got that one. Got that, yep. yep. But God lets him go to the top. He says, Moses, lift up your eyes. He says, I want you look to the north, look to the south, look to the east. Look to the west. And he tells him, he says, as far as you can see, that's yours. And here's what, he's, here's what he tells him. Here's what God tells him. He says, Moses, and this is, this is why it is so important for us to come together as an assembly, as a people of like precious faith. Here's what God tells Moses. He says, Moses, you don't worry about it. He says, Joshua is going to lead those people. He says, now command Joshua, encourage him, and strengthen him for He's going to lead these people into the land that you have seen. Can I tell you, 
that Joshua goes into the promised land and he goes 31 and 0. That's right. He destroys 31 more kings. No defeats. The people of God go 33 and 0. Every giant, everything they faced, 33 0, 33 wins, no losses. And I can't guarantee a 2021 without coming face to face with a stronghold of the enemy every day. We are up to our eyeballs. Can you say amen? amen. Yeah. We're there, folks. But what I can promise you is at the end of the day, you can claim victory over evil in your life. I can encourage you to place each heartache, each pain, every sorrow at the end of the day, just hand it over to Manasseh and push the reset button. Because when you and I go to sleep at night, we're not going to sleep on some empty, cold, iron bed. We are going to sleep with our eyes looking forward to the soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ as He takes His espoused bride off of this thing called planet Earth. When the forces of evil retire to their empty, cold, iron bed, they have no hope because evil has no future. They have no future. But oh, you and I, as Jeremiah who suffered so much, so much, that man suffered. He went through it. But he could write such profound and powerful words as we find in chapter 3, 22 and 23. He says this, through it all. He says, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because His compassions fell not. They are new every morning. He says, great is your faithfulness. As you stand with us this morning, if you can just get this, if you can get this, I'm going, I am going 365 and 0. All right. And 2020. All right. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> no losses. No losses. No losses. I might go through some stuff. But at the end of the day, 
You see? I know. Because the, the worst, right? The worst that ha can happen is I die. That's the worst that can happen. But guess what? <laughs> that, that, that no longer is a stronghold of the enemy. Hello? There, there's no more power in the grave, folks. The worst that we have to face is death. But death has no victory. It has no sting because it has relinquished its power. Yes, amen. To the Lord of glory. Whom I worship. And whom we live for. And who gives us the assurance, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be there for you. And you can take it. There is no, there is no defeat in the church. It's an impossibility. It don't matter how that matter how big of a giant we may face this coming year. I want you to know it's a year of promise. Yes. It's a year of promise. He is going to take us into a place that we have never been before. Trouble may the world may continue to be troubled on every side. Let not your heart be troubled. Come on, amen. He's just putting the final touches on that home up on high. Hallelujah. Imagine if we could, if you could ever instill this into the heart and the mind of your children. If you mess up, God will forgive you. Hello. Yes. If you mess up, God will forgive you. How many times did they fall in the wilderness? Hello. You understand that this, this happened, okay, during their, their wilderness journey? Yes. And then Joshua took them over. But listen, God, listen, if you're, if you're not, falling flat on your face sometimes, then you're not you're you're not climbing high enough. Come on. <laughs> because it's the nature, okay, of men and women to risk going places. And in the process sometimes you stumble. You hit the big rock on your big toe and you go down, but we don't stay down. No, we get back up. I say, God, I'm ready, man. Where are we going tomorrow? What's happening tomorrow? I'm excited about Brother Wood's idea. First hundred days. First hundred days, man. We're going to get a hold of that thing. We're going to run with it. Hallelujah. Praise God.
Let's just lift our hearts here for a moment, would you? Let's just lift our hearts to the Lord. Are you, are you, can you, are you here this morning? Are you thankful? Are you, is your heart full of gratitude for what God has done for you so far this year? Are you thankful? Has He healed your bodies? Has He provided for you in the face of economic turmoil? Has He, has he raised you up when you didn't think that you were going to make it? Is your family here today? Your wife, your husband, your children? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. We just want to, we're going to close it out this morning and going to give you an opportunity to come down and, uh, and just, just pray for a couple of minutes if you'd like and, and uh, amen. And then remember Wednesday night we're going to do communion service, so we encourage you to be here. But if you have, if you have a need, if, you, if there's something in your life that you need to close out today, all right? We don't need to wait until... Wednesday night. If there's something that you want to close out, that you want to hand off to God today and start start fresh. There's never been a day like today. Would you come? Hallelujah. God bless you richly this morning. Praise God. The title I put on this tonight is simply Remember. And how many of you are going to have a difficult time remembering 2020? Not like <laughs> Right? You will. We will remember this year. No doubt. Yes. But... My, my hope and my prayer is that we will remember this year as a turning point, as a renewing and in our hunger and our desire for the things of God because we have seen, I believe, very, very vividly that God has allowed us to see the distinction this year truly between good and evil. Right. Yeah. I really do believe that. Right. And so, of course, a communion is a very, very, uh, a very powerful service anyway, but when it, you know, when we celebrate it, when we commemorate it on the last service of the year, it just you know, it, it just carries a little bit more value to it, I think, because we can reflect. All of us that are here, I see everybody here. You look like you're healthy. You got a good smile on your face. It would appear that God has been good to you this year. Amen. So it's an opportunity for us to look back and, and, uh, and witness of the good things that God has done for us to remember the good things that God has done for us this year. 
and even our young people, maybe uh, communion, that may, they may not completely understand it, but I believe that you're never too young to understand that you are very blessed as a young boy or a young girl mm -hmm. to be able to have parents that are raising you in the manner that they are raising you. And you should always, you should always commend them and tell them thank you for that because it is going to be a very powerful thing in your life as you grow up. Guaranteed. Amen. So, tonight in the beginning here, we, we're simply, uh, we're going to read uh, Matthew 26 and verses 26 through 28. And uh, that's a great uh, photo, Brother Cliff. Thank you so much for putting that up there. It says, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread. He blessed it. He broke it. He gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink you all of it, for this, this, this is such a powerful, powerful scripture here. And to me, there's, I don't know how people can overlook when they see this and they see the, the, the first sermon that was preached on the day of Pentecost on the first day of the church and they can't draw that parallel between them. I just don't get it. But anyway. And Jesus said for this is my blood of the New Testament. The New King James Version says covenant which is shed for many for what? For the remission of sins. Wow. It doesn't get much plainer than that. It does not get much plainer than that. And uh, so uh, the New King James Version says, For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So let's, and, and Luke 22 and 19 is the same, uh, the same event that Luke is covering, but uh, there it says, Jesus says, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Now, they're celebrating the Passover, okay, at that time. And uh, we, you have to go to the original Passover really to get the impact and the power that is taking place here, right? We all know that. For our young people that don't, it's Israel being led out of bondage that they've been in for 400 plus years. And, uh, but they are, when this takes place, that there is, there is a, an atonement or a blood covering that has to occur before God leads his people out of bondage. And it is not something that is an option. Right? right? It is mandatory that if you are going to be delivered, that you have to have the blood of the slain lamb 
apply to the doors of your home. It was not an option. And so that when when that, when this is taking place, they're celebrating that event, and and uh, I, I'm just going to throw this out there. Does anybody know how many years they have been celebrating? Sis Corey, somewhere around 1,400 years they had celebrated this Passover because when. God instructed Moses, he says, this is something that you're to do forever. On this day of this year, you're to celebrate the Passover forever. Throughout all your generations. So they had been celebrating this thing for 1,400 years. Guess how old we are, America? Less than 300. Yeah, less than 250, I think, right? They had been celebrating this event. Now, okay, now you, you got to get this right. This was so powerful. This was so important in God's plan of redemption that they had been celebrating this for 1,400 years. Think about that for a moment. And so, we know what's going on here. We call it the Last Supper. So many things take place. Judas betrays. Jesus gives the supreme model and example of what, if you want to do something for God, if you want to be something great, He gave us a supreme example because nobody bothered to wash His feet. And so he took the towel and he washed their feet. The Creator washing their feet. And he said, do as I do. That's a short version. Amen. And I've always said I would love to have that towel. Right? So he gave us a great example. But then, as he was there that night, the... the you know, that area around Jerusalem and Israel was completely in an uproar. You gotta you gotta realize that they they were they were after him. He was in their viewpoint, he was leading a mass rebellion against the Roman government. Because not in his doing, other than he was doing good. But his following got to be so great that they were trying to make him a king. And the Roman and the religious leaders of the day, they were in a, a frenzy. Because he literally had, he had tens of thousands of people that were following him. So it wasn't just a little normal every day in Sunday school. He had actually a bounty out on him. And of course, Judas, we, we understand that. But listen, listen to this here. In, in uh, Luke's writing, I think it says that, he says, I have desired with desire. 
to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And then just, just stop for just a moment and try to put yourself in that environment, in that particular place. And here is going to be the suffering Messiah, the creator of the universe, the perfect Lamb of God. And he said, I have desired to sit down with you and to partake of this. Why did he say that? Well, because he was looking into the future as to what the benefits were going to be to this new covenant church. He, would, he knew that what he was about to do was going to be the most ex excruciating thing that anybody could ever endure. But he was looking into the future and he was looking at, if I could use my imagination tonight, he was looking at this service right here tonight. And he was saying, I'm looking 2,000 years into the future and I'm looking at, a, at groups of people that are coming together and they're going to remember what I did for them this very yes. night because they are going to be such a blessed individual because of what I'm going to do this night. He saw you here. You are not here just by chance tonight. I was talking, I think, with Brother Long. You are not here of your own choosing, Brother Jacob. You didn't devise this. But no, sir, out of 7 billion people, you could live in Iraq tonight. You could live in China tonight. You could be born to parents in North Korea tonight. But for what reason God's grace appeared to you out of 7 billion people? Don't take this thing lightly. This is something that is the most precious thing. And so he told me, he says, he says, take this. He says, because this is the new covenant. This is the new covenant. Now, let me, let me just take just a couple of, give you a couple of scriptures and, and uh, explain just a little bit here as to how important this word covenant is. Covenant, covenant, covenant. The whole word of God is focused around this one word, this one thing called covenant. Listen to this. During, right prior to the Passover, Exodus 2 and 23, 400 years in bondage. We know that. Listen to this. The Bible says that Israel groaned under their slavery. They cried out and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. 
And God heard their groaning and He remembered His covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You understand that word covenant? That is an agreement between two parties that that, the Bible says God could not swear an oath into anybody greater because there's nobody. So he swore to himself. In other words, he made a covenant that would never, ever, 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 he would never forget what he had said that he would do. And it began with Abraham. And everything connects to that. And the Bible says it 400, 400, hey, Brother Nate, good to see you, man. And for four, 400 plus years, the Bible said, listen, listen, folks, listen here. The church, the Bible talks about the, the church and all creation. We will grow. We are under this. We are under this uh, this groaning, this 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 groaning, this burden. The Bible says until one day, all of creation will be delivered. But here it was; they were crying out to God, and God heard their cries because of the covenant that He made. Listen carefully. This is how important your individual covenant is when you are buried with Him in baptism. The Bible says that God remembered His covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And so with that intact, He delivered three to four million people. Wow. Covenant. And we could go into it. It was, it, it was sealed with blood. Here's one. 2 Kings 13, 22 and 23. The Bible says that Haziel, king of Syria, oppressed Israel all the days of Jehoaz. Listen carefully. They weren't exactly good people right then. But the Lord was gracious to them and had compassion on them and returned toward them because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and would not destroy them or cast them from his presence. Because one man kept his end of the covenant. Because Abraham, the father of the faithful, Brother Ali, he said, okay, God, I'm going to believe you, even though I appear to be dead. One man's covenant. Watch how powerful that is. Genesis 19 and 29. Here's the covenant man. It came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and saved Lot out of the midst of the overthrow. God 
remembers people of the covenant. God remembers you. God remembers the day that you took on His name in that holy covenant of water baptism and you were atoned by His blood that He said on that Passover. He says, drink all of it. He says, because I'm about ready to unleash something on the world that that will save them and give them hope not only in this life, but for all eternity. And you can take it to the bank because I'm the one that is the covenant maker. And because of Abraham, you think Lot was a good guy? I don't think so. If I remember right, he was ready to give up his kids. What a bomb. But God remembered Abraham and in the midst of Sodom and Gomorrah, an angel literally went up and grabbed him by the hand and drew him out of that city. Not because of Lot, but because Abraham and God re- remembering his covenant with him and Abraham standing before God and God and saying, Hey God, remember. And I'm here to ask. And you could, we could, we could go to Exodus, Mount Sinai. Whew. Moses took the book of the covenant, read it to the people. They responded, "We will do." Moses took he took half the blood and put it on the altar. The other half he sprinkled on the people and said, "Behold the blood of the covenant." You can't separate it from the word. We know. We broke our end of the covenant. Israel broke their end of the covenant, the law. They couldn't keep up with it. They they couldn't do it. You understand that Old Testament, here's how important covenant was. When two parties agreed upon something, they made an oath. There was no getting out of the oath. If you broke the oath, this guy would terminate you. The only other way you get out of it is when one passes away. I broke the covenant. I should have been the one to pay. Jesus volunteered willingly. To take my place, the covenant breaker. 
And the Bible says in Hebrews 7, 22, I think it is, and now he is our guarantee. I don't know about you, but if I got, if I got the Lord, that he is, you know, you put up collateral or whatever, right? When you, if, the Lord, he is my, he is my guarantee that everything that he says is going to happen, is going to happen. And not a, and he, he became the guarantee of the new covenant. As men before they die make their wills and give their property and possessions to their relatives and friends. Anybody got a will out there? Better make it. Just kidding, right? So did our Lord. Jesus died to make His testament or will valid. By His death, the blood, Jesus has ratified the new covenant and turned it into a testament, New Testament will. Making sure all of His riches and personal property are secure and payable to His people. Right. Now here's the problem with in, in the natural. Pick on somebody. I don't know if it pick is a serious thing, right? All right, pick on All right? You can will legally all of your property, and there's the document. But guess what? You don't have really any power over making sure that it's distributed the way that you said. Because why? Because you're not, because you're dead. But here's a good thing. Jesus ratified His will to dispense all of His riches by His death. But now the Bible says that He lives forevermore. So He is alive today as the executor and the administrator to make sure that His will, that all of His property and His ownings are distributed to His covenant people. Whoa. And so, do you understand? I'm in His will. My prayer, I know we're, we're talking about remember Him, but I'm saying, Lord, remember me. Your, remember me in Your will. I want more than my share. I want all of yours. No, just kidding. I want yours and I want all I want it all, God. Yeah. You understand? That's why the Bible says, ask anything according to my will. You think, well, you can't. Oh yeah? Watch. Because Remember me, Lord, 
And so Luke says, Luke's writing says, Jesus says, so, so with desire, I have desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Remember me, church, he says. Remember me, church. Whenever you partake of this communion, he says, remember what I did for you that night. And I am convinced, I am convinced that if we could visually see the presence of God, that He was anticipating. He was looking forward. He was very anxious for us to meet here tonight. Because either we believe that His presence is here or we don't believe His presence is here. And with the presence of God, He has anxiously awaited for us to partake with Him, with Him, and remembering what He did because you are why He did what He did. He is my Heavenly Father and He left the will and included me in it and I can ask anything that I want and you can't stop me. And if He says, well, yeah, you know what? Why not? I'm rich. Why not? Is he rich enough to give to you? Brother Jake, is he rich enough? I think so. Did he pay the price? I think he did. So do this in remembrance of me. And we can, I wish that somehow, some way, that we could all go and just be that proverbial fly on the wall at the Last Supper, follow the footsteps to Gethsemane, hear and see the mob that came after him. Follow Peter into the courtyard. I wish we could all go there because I guarantee you, you would never forget. But so what we have to do as a church 2,000 years removed, we've got to take this thing and somehow try to portray it in a way that is, is relevant and makes sense to you because if, you, we, if we don't get the essence of Calvary, we will, we, will, we will never gain that first love that the Bible talks about that He requires of us. I broke the covenant. 
I should have paid the price. He volunteered to leave and come and take my place and give me all of his riches. And we ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. I was reading the last part of Revelation today and man, I, the, the pearl gates of pearls, found 12 foundations of you know, all the gemstones and streets of pure gold and 1,500 miles uh, this way, this way, this way, and this way, and this way. And thinking, whoa. One of these days. Praise God. All right, we're going to... We're going to... Uh, I think it would be good if we just take just a couple of minutes, just a couple of minutes, and, and uh, wherever you are, if you want to stand up or or whatever, but it would take a good. In Paul's writing in in Corinthians 11, 1 Corinthians 11 chapter, he says, "Okay, he says, you know, this is what it's all about." He says, "But but but examine yourself. Examine yourself. In other words, it's, turn the light on the inside." Turn the lights on. How am I? How am I, God? How is my heart? How is my mind? How is my love for you? How is my love for God's people? How is my love for your word? Are you first on my list, God? Or have I kind of, you know, let a little something else? Paul said, examine yourself. So we're going to take just just a couple of of minutes. Matter of fact, Amen. We'll put a timer. Just wherever you're at, let's just take a couple of minutes, if you would. And you can kneel, you can stand, or whatever. And just pray, just pray. However you feel led to pray. But the important thing is, you know, say, God, I want you to turn the light on. And see how you know how you are. You know how you are. So let's take just a couple of minutes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Most heavenly Father. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for Calvary's cross, Lord. We thank you for your willingness, Lord, to stand in our place, God. To take on, Lord, our shame and our guilt, Lord. Oh, God. We are thankful, Lord. We praise you this night, God, for a night that we have set aside, Lord. And we know that you are ever present, Father. And we believe, Jesus, that your presence is. It is real and it is right here tonight, God. And we invite you, Lord. We invite you to come not only into this service, Lord, as we know that you have already, but we invite you, God, to come into our hearts, Lord. Enter in, God, to that most secret place, Lord. And, oh, Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. 
Wash us, God. Cleanse us, Lord. And help us to become, Jesus, your called and your chosen, Lord. Hallelujah. Fill us, O oh God, again with that baptism, Jesus. Oh God, of love, Lord, and of the Holy Ghost, God, we pray. Lord Jesus, ignite, Lord, that fire and that passion, Lord, not for the things of the world, Lord, but, oh God, all things that pertain to you. Hallelujah. We promise you, Jesus, that we will, Lord, that we will give you the glory. We promise you, Lord, that that we will love you, God, with all heart, with all mind, with all soul, God, and strengthen us, Lord. We promise you, Jesus, God, if you will, Lord, oh God, if you will permit us, Lord, many, many more days, Jesus, that we will reach out and that we will love God. We will love our neighbors, Lord. We will love those, Jesus, that You have called us, God, to reach in our city, in, in our nation, God, and in our world, Lord. Oh, God, we pray. Worthy, 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 worthy are You, Jesus. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. We are going to... We're going to ask you... Uh, just, uh, you can come down. We're not going to pass it around, but feel free to come down and, and uh, get a container of both the cracker and the juice. Take it back with you wherever you're, you plan on sitting, and then we will go ahead and we'll, uh, we'll partake of this together. Okay? Come on, everyone. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Those that, if you've never taken communion before, you're a young person, you're, you're more than welcome to do this. We want you to be, amen, to not only understand, but we want you to be drawn, amen, to the Lord. And this is certainly a way that that can happen. Hallelujah. Much does he love us? Well, if I'm not mistaken, as he's 
as Thomas identified him with the scars in his hands and, and his side, I, as far as I know, you, you understand it. He will. He still carries those scars with him today. Disappeared. He carries those scars. He has carried those scars with him for 2,000 years. And the Bible says that's in, in the book of Psalms, I think it is, or Proverbs, it says, We are engraved in the palms of his hand. Every time he looks, I, I'm convinced, Brother McCune, every time he looks at his hand, he sees that scar. And he remembers that you right. that you believed and your faith was engaged enough to where you literally obeyed the scriptures and you received the gospel first via the new birth. And he looks at that hand and he says, Yeah, that's Kelly. That's Kelly. Yeah, that's Sam, that's that's please, that's that's Colton, that's Corey, that's Brian right there. Come on. Oh, God. How great is our God. Hallelujah. All right, amen. Why don't we go ahead and stand? Everybody's got one. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I'm going to ask somebody to, to lead us in part of it and in another part. To, and amen. Sister Corey, would you, would you lead us in the first part and pray over it? And then we'll get somebody to do, do the bread and then we'll do the, the wine or vice versa, whichever one's first. Okay, go ahead and lead us in that and, and pray if you would, please. Hallelujah. Brother Jeff, I'm going to ask you to come if you would pray. And then, then we're going to go ahead. Brother Jeff, I want you to go ahead and lead us. And we're going to take the cracker and we're going to drink the juice after you pray. And then, Sister Reyes, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, my dear sister, 
when Brother Woods is done, if you would make your way to the front, and if you would just pray whatever is in your heart for the close of this service, please. Brother Jeff. Amen. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we're so very thankful for this opportunity to gather here tonight, Lord God. We do this, Lord, in remembrance of what you have done for us in giving of life, taking our place upon that cross, Lord Jesus. We're so very thankful, Lord God. And we believe, Lord, that we are partaking in Calvary at this very moment, Lord God. And we remember and that we take this upon, this flesh, this cracker that we put in our mouth in remembrance of you, Lord, that you are the bread of life, Lord God, and that we are only satisfied by you. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would continue to watch over the church all of our days, Lord God, here upon this earth. And help us, Lord, in this next year, Jesus, as we desire to spread the good news of the gospel throughout not just our city, but out through the whole world, Lord God. God, I, I'm asking right now that you would just give a special blessing. Lord, that if there's anybody here tonight that feels like that uh, they're unworthy, Lord God, right now I'm asking, Lord Jesus, that you would just touch them, Lord, in a special place, God. Right now, in the name of Jesus, God, we lift you up, we magnify you, we glorify you. Thank you, Lord God, for your, your gift, your sacrifice, O oh Lord God. Thank you for saving our souls, O oh Lord. We worship you, we bless you, O oh Lord, as the one true living God. Thank you for having mercy upon us, O oh Lord God. Thank you, Lord, thank you. Amen. And we do this in remembrance of that sacrifice. We are your church, we are your people. We are your bride, Lord God, wholly committed to you, Lord God. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And let's take the crack. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God, we love you. We worship you, oh, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for redeeming us, saving my soul. Have mercy upon me, oh, Lord God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That's it, hallelujah. We'll go ahead and Sister Reyes said, as soon as we drink the, the juice here, we want you to come down. And Jesus said, drink all. He said, this is, this is the blood. And you know that back then they didn't have, they, they didn't worry about COVID. They passed around the same jug 
They all put their fingers in the bowl and pulled bread out and ate it. It's the way things are done. But I love also the part where he says, the next time, the yes. next time we raise our glass, <laughs> it's going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. All right. Amen. Amen. Let's drink. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. come down give his life a ransom for many we cannot comprehend what you went through father we could never fully understand but we have taken these elements to remember to remember and Lord we pray that the imprint of all that you have done will become more and more real to us in the days ahead as we are that generation who have been called for this hour. Lord, and we can do anything considering all that you've done for us. We can forgive anything, Lord, considering all you've done for us. And we give you honor, glory, and praise. Lord, we think of the lyrics of that song that talked about, to God be the glory. Oh, God, we remember, just remember all that you've done for us. We just cry out, to you be the glory. Hallelujah. It's all about you, Lord. It's all about you. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we can't even love without you. We can't give an offering without you. We can't do anything without you putting it into our hand and putting it into our hearts. You are the source of every good and perfect thing, Lord. And we acknowledge that you are, you are real in our hearts. You came in when we asked you broken, ashamed, alone. You came in and you began that work. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Bless your people today. Lord, as we are mindful of the words that were spoken, we are a people of covenant. We are a people of covenant. Let your grace be upon us, Lord, that we may sta stand and adhere to that covenant, Lord, at all times and remember whose we are, whose we are in this hour. Thank you, Lord, that we were able to share this time together. Many places, Lord, still have not gathered together, but we thank you that we have had this 
very precious opportunity to do this, Lord, in the house of God amongst the fellowship of other believers. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Amen.